Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. I am honored to have back on the show Jeffrey Olson today. Last week, Jeffrey came on the show and talked about his profound NDE after an automobile accident. And um, please go back and listen to to the story. It's, wow, it's very learning a lot of lessons and about life and, and what's really important. And today we're going to talk about, Jeff's really um, interested in indigenous cultures and shamanism, and so am I. And welcome, Jeff. It's so good to be back, Marla. It's good to be with you. Yes, yes, thank you. And before we dive into that subject area, we didn't touch upon, um, after your accident, the shared death experience with Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll. And I actually interviewed Jeff, Dr. Jeff, about, oh, I don't know, just a couple weeks ago. And um, so can you just can you just tell the um, listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, I will. And Dr. Jeff has become a dear friend. But when I first met him, I didn't know him at all. Uh, Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll was one of the attending um, ER trauma docs when I was life flighted from my automobile accident to the hospital. And if you've listened or as review in the auto accident, in the auto accident, my both my wife and youngest son. Uh, were killed instantly and passed away. Me and my oldest son survived. I was life flighted to a level one trauma center. And uh, Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll was one of the uh, doctors there. He knew we were coming. He was not responsible for my care, which may be the very reason why he had the experience. But um, as they flew me into the hospital and I was brought to the trauma room, one of the nurses had a profound experience. And she had spoken to Jeff O'Driscoll about some of the things, spiritual things that she had experienced in the ER. And they had, they had shared some stories. And uh, Dr. O'Driscoll's book, Not Yet, shares many of his experiences as a 25-year veteran in a level one trauma center. But on this particular day, as they life-flighted me in, the nurse ran and got him. And he said he was aware there had been a fatality. He knew that I was on the way to his trauma center. And the nurse said to him, Dr. O'Driscoll, you've got to come to the trauma room. She's there. And he's like, who's there? And she grabbed him by the arm and brought him in. And what they both experienced, and Jeff O'Driscoll is willing to talk about it openly now, which is incredible. I mean, to have a clinician, a 25-year, and he's, he's got all kinds of accolades. He's a very credible physician saying, hey, I've had experiences, but on that particular day, as he came into the trauma room and he saw that I was unconscious on the gurney and there was, I think, five different surgeons working on me from respiratory to orthopedics to head to everything, um, 
he would know the details of that. I was obviously unconscious and probably saying goodbye to Tamara, my wife, who had passed because as he entered the trauma room, he said he saw my wife's spirit standing above my body as all the doctors worked on me. And he said she began to communicate with him. Now, what he shared with me, and, and I can't believe he shared this with me, but we didn't know each other. And as I got feeling better, he came and saw me in the hospital with the nurse. They had no idea I had had an experience. I think the doctor was very reluctant to come, but the nurse was emphatic. They needed to come tell me what they had experienced because they both saw Tamara's spirit or soul in the trauma room as I was being worked on. And she communicated with Dr. O'Driscoll. And when I asked him, what did she say? He said, she simply shared her gratitude for all we were doing to save your life because she was emphatic that you had to, you had to live and, and raise your son. And, um, and so, you know, this was an incredible experience. And even Dr. Raymond Moody, who's like the godfather of all near-death and shared-death experiences, this is one of the most profound shared-death experiences where I'm perhaps out of my body. I'm communicating with my deceased wife. And two clinicians come in the ER room and experience her, literally even see her there and have communication with her. And the fact that Dr. Jeff O'Driscoll has the, um, the guts and the courage to step forward and say, hey, spiritual things happen in the ER all the time, I think is incredible. Right. Wow. And, you know, I, I actually interviewed Dr. Um, Moody um, a while back and he, you, your experience, you and Dr. Adriscoll's experience, he, that's when he said, I give up, I give up there, <laughs> there is an afterlife. And um, yeah. Wow. Well, I'll tell you there is because <laughs> I, yes, I got yeah, to speak at it. I, I, it's funny, Dr. O'Driscoll teases me. He, he says, you're the only guy I know that got kicked out of heaven. You know? <laughs> so, we, we've actually become dear friends because him sharing that experience gave me a safe place to say, right. well, Doc, I, this happened and this happened. And I, and I figured he's not family. He's not even a friend at this point. I thought if I'm crazy... He'll put me in the psych ward and get me the treatment I deserve. But I, I knew I wasn't crazy. I had experienced something so real and so tangible. And, and yet the beautiful thing is he listened and often he agreed and said, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, uh, you know, so it, it, it's, it's great. In fact, uh, and, and I know we're going to talk about indigenous culture. He and I were up making uh, hoop drums uh, with buffalo hide. Recently, we, we've just kind of become rough and tumble friends. We, we didn't know this. We grew up in neighboring counties. I, I didn't know. He grew up on a farm. I was a farm boy. We both played football, not at the same time. I think we just missed each other in high school, but he rode bulls and I rode bareback bronc horses. And so he always tells me he had far more guts than I did. And I tell him, <laughs> I, I, tell him I had far more brains than you did because I'm not going to bull. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gosh, I, I wish I can even can't even hardly wrap my mind around if I was there to be able to just listen to that conversation between the two of you, you know, that just must have been <laughs> astonishing. That's not even a good word. It was, it's ineffable. It, um, yeah, yeah. It sometimes still is. We're going to be speaking together, he and I in London 
this month. Oh, really? Yes. And then again in Ireland. And then we'll be, we'll be with the IONS conference uh, in Salt Lake City this fall. And, and I would love to invite everybody to that. And, and uh, yeah, the doc and I will be speaking individually and then also doing a workshop together. Right, right. Yeah, I got to do that workshop. I'm sure you're doing something different, but last year with you at IONS, and we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes. So, so let's talk about indigenous cultures and, um, and shamanism. I really enjoyed listening to you on a past interview talking about how they celebrate the darkness and the, and the light. Oh, yeah. So go for it. Well, <laughs> I always give such a long, I give such long answers to your simple pointing <laughs> questions. I, um, growing up on a farm, as I mentioned, we had a, a, a man wander onto the farm who was Native American and, and he was bit down and out at the time. He said, look, I'll work for food. I just want food and a place to stay. And my father, who was very kind hearted, said, well, what, what do you do? And he said, I work with horses. And, um, gosh, uh, my dad said, well, there's three young ones right there that you can work with. And, uh, he, you know, here's the interesting thing. He says, those horses need to be broken. And this man said, I will never break a horse. He said, I will tame the horse. I will connect with the horse, but I'll never break the spirit of a horse. And, um, and so anyway, it was beautiful. My dad sent me, I was probably 12 years old to go watch Ben work with the horses. And, and I, he did it in such a way that was different than anything I'd ever seen. He did it the old way. And those became the best horses we ever had. In fact, my father was so impressed. He said, oh my gosh, Ben, what, what, how can I pay you? What do I owe you, you know? Because he had been, I mean, he'd actually been sleeping in our barn and eating with us and, and, and we came to love him. He became part of the family and went on to be one of the credible horse his name was Ben Quintus you can still see old video of him that showed up on YouTube of working with horses but um, he made quite a life for himself but that was my first introduction to wow there's something about this old way and Ben would say things like you don't break a horse you connect with the horse and these things stuck with me so I've been infatuated with that type of culture and I've had a big place in my heart knowing what we did in this country to Native American people, a, a beautiful, powerful culture that was stomped out um, in, in horrible ways. And I won't mm-hmm. get into all that, but the interesting thing is after the near-death experience, after the accident, a lot of things didn't make sense to me. Um, my religion had been turned inside out and upside down, and I thought, you know, life was a test and God was going to judge me and I was always in trouble and I'd found this absolute unconditional love um, contrary to that, which opened up a space for unconditional love for everyone. When When I said I used to be judgmental, it's like, well, you know, thank goodness I'm a Christian and I know the right way and all these other poor people, you know, I mean, it was, it's, it's, it's culture, right? It's, it's, uh, it's the way it it's, the it's way learned and we're brought up and it's learned and it's taught from a very young age, but none of that made sense anymore. And I looked into all kinds of different religions. Um, you know, I, I, I've studied uh, Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and, and Judaism and, and mysticism and, and Wiccan. And I mean, I've looked into all of it and I find this beautiful thread of truth, but the interesting thing came about, and this has been, this was before I ever talked about my near-death experience. I had not written a book. This was over a decade ago that this 
took place, my, my current wife, Tanya, knowing I was infatuated with the culture and I was reading books and looking at things, she signed me up for a workshop up in the Lava Hot Springs with, with shamans and with medicine people. And uh, gosh, I thought that was fantastic. And so I went up and I did the first day and the, the lead shaman, and I'll never forget this, she was a woman and she came mostly out of Peruvian, you know, Inca, uh, yeah. you know, Mayan roots um, and, 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 and systems. She came up to me after the first day and she looked at me and she said very powerfully, she said, you've been there. And I said, I've been where? I've been in your workshop all day. And she said, no, 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 no. You've been to the world of spirits and come back. And I was like, how do you know that? Because <laughs> I had never, I mean, I, I was not where I am today. I hadn't talked about this outside of Dr. O'Driscoll and my immediate family. And um, she said, I see it all. I see it all. And you know this and you know that. And so uh, we began a process and she invited me to, you know, to do sacred ceremony, to work for seven moon cycles with her, uh, something um, known as the Muniki, an ancient, ancient way. And, and uh, you know, uh, she brought me through all the archetypes. Uh, she gave me all the shamanic rites. And suddenly I thought, wow, this really begins to make sense. Suddenly my near-death experience isn't misaligned with religion. It's perfectly grounded in spirituality and the meaning and the symbols that I'm learning through this shamanic path are strongly aligning in a way with my near-death experience that it gives purpose and reason and, uh, and sense. It makes sense of it. It's, it's like I had seen the sum, but I didn't know the equation, you know? Right. And, uh, and so and how did it make it make sense well i mean i one thing i love about the in studying shamanism and and i'd like for you to tell our listeners what a shaman is but is the connection to the earth yes you know yeah and to the darkness and the light so well ahead. yeah so i mean and and we boy i'll probably ramble on here too but <laughs> i've got time but yeah for instance <laughs> when i talked about how loved I was in those other realms and therefore how loved we all are. I mean, I, 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 I became connected that the Holy Trinity, if you will, in an indigenous culture. And, and here again, there's all kinds of different, you know, structures and beliefs. But for me, suddenly the Holy Trinity was Holy Father, Holy Mother and Holy Child. And, and I was the holy child. And this is what I had experienced in those realms, that I was beloved. I was holy. I was perfect. I was divine. I, you know, and so suddenly this made sense. And, and I don't say that in an arrogant way. If I was, then certainly we all are. Right. But it was, it was stepping into my own divinity, that part of me that comes from the divine, instead of looking outward, looking elsewhere for it. The interesting thing, I mean, having grown up as a Christian, and I still classify myself as a Christian, because if I take a deeper look at what this master we call Jesus taught, it was the same thing. The kingdom of God is within you. You know, I mean, walk on the water, Peter. Why do you doubt? I mean, uh, greater things will you do than I if you simply believe. And, and you know, we, we don't necessarily embrace those, or at least in my culture, we hadn't. You know, it was more of, well, you know, um, it was a different philosophy. You had to go through someone or to someone or, and yet here I was connecting with my own divinity. 
um, the darkness and the lightness. I mean, the stories. I, I mean, not only did I work with this shaman, uh, you know, who I say, you know, was more Peruvian. I've worked with Lakota, Lakota ceremonies, some Hopi traditions. But, but here's the thing, the darkness. You, you must put a seed deep into the dark earth, deep into the darkness for it to ever grow, you know. And it will grow toward the light, but the, but the soil, the darkness, that black fertile soil is what nurtures the seed. And so if I'm that seed planted in this earth, and that's another beautiful thing is Mother Earth. Um, I got in touch with the divine feminine. In fact, there was a story that we shared during this process about as we chose as eternal beings, as eternal beloved, you know, uh, what pieces of the divine creator that it was mother who said, I'll create an earth with you, a place, my child, if you must be away from all this love that you'll have beautiful things to look at, beautiful food to eat, beautiful things to smell. In other words, if you're going to go in that, that realm, I want to provide an earth where you will never be a miss of my love for you. And, um, and where was this was part of the teachings? Of this the... was part of the teachings. Um, You're right. That makes like so much sense. Yeah. And so now when I, and I do this, this is my therapy. I will go lay on the earth. I'll lay on the ground, whether that's the grass or the snow, or I'll tell you one of my favorite things. I, I when I'm in Arizona or in Southern Utah to go lay on the red rocks oh. and just feel the heat. And, and, and I, I, Maybe it's me, but I swear mother is holding me. She's just cradling me and holding me to her bosom and and all the stress, all the all the dis eased energy within me is just sucked out into the earth, and the earth knows how to dispel it and and at the same time, Father Sky, you know, watches over us. Right. The sun comes up and shines on everyone. There's no judgments, no comparison. It, it, it's a culture of love. It's, it's a, a belief of love, not only of each other, but of the whole earth, of every living thing. And everything is living. The rocks are alive. The trees are alive. You know, the sky is alive. The river's alive. There's messages in every animal, in every soul, and that everything's in divine order. And... Uh, I, I have truly embraced that because it aligns with the near-death experience I have. Right. Wow. And so what, what is the definition of a, of a shaman? In a nutshell, a shaman is one that, that can play between the realms. Right. In this right. world and that world. And yet, as you get into it, you realize that a shaman, it's all one realm. There's not yeah. two realms. It's one realm. It also means one that's been risen, one that has overcome one that's risen one that has elevated to the mesa the high plateau the the uh the high place which which you have i remember our conversation that she said you are a shaman yeah if i remember she, she yeah. said because you've already been in that realm because yes. you've already you've already played through the realms you are a shaman you know she right. said i'll give you the rights she as she gave me the right, she said, you will be recognized in, in all cultures as a medicine man, as a shaman. And, and I thought, yeah, right. You know, and I'm the whitest guy. You know, it's like, yeah, that, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that's, but I, I, I've been embraced um, 
in cultures and sweat lodges and and i i it's one race it's one right. people. we're all one we're all connected and and that's this awakening that's coming and i i think we're going to get back to the ways of loving the earth of honoring each other i i love in the indigenous cultures you know particularly in north america the status of uh, of a native american leader or chief was based on how much they gave away not on what they accumulated wow. You know, their, their, their honor was on their generosity, on their gratitude and, and on their willingness to give rather than uh, hoarding up and storing up and that's mine and this is yours. And I, find it, I find it really fascinating too. Um, I think I mentioned to you that I went to a plant medicine and holotropic breathing retreat. Yes. And oh my gosh, the shamans, the singing, the smoke, the... It, I've just never experienced anything like that before. And just all the research out now about how plant medicine mm -hmm. can, um, you know, Johns Hopkins and all of these, these great universities that they're really looking into how it can help, you know, these, these things that are just plaguing the yeah. earth today, our youth, you know, anxiety, depression, all of this. So, I think um so do you want to just speak on speak on that for a second? Sure. Yeah. I I, I what I always say is they had it all figured out. And they yeah, had learned yeah. it intuitively. They had learned it spiritually. And um, you know, it's it's this is the heartbreak is when, you know, European culture came in and it's like, ooh, that's different. We gotta, we gotta, mm -hmm. you know, we are so afraid of anything that's different. Well, we gotta stomp that out. We gotta stop that. It's gotta be our way. If you don't look or worship or do or believe like I do, then you must be wrong and therefore I must conquer you. It, 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 you know, this is this is the this is the problem. And we, we right. continue to do it. I mean, we we haven't we still haven't learned our lesson. We will, we will awaken, and I think when we do, we'll find that, wow, they had it all figured out. Hundreds, right. maybe thousands of years ago, and uh, in fact, in fact, uh, Munaki, you know, which uh, it actually translates or means love. It's one right. love. It's 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 the oneness. It's the it's the I love you and you love me and we are one. Something I'm really excited about is learning some of this about the ceremony. We did a lot of ceremonies at the plant retreat, of course, but um, the ceremonies and the rituals are they? I mean, can you? share something that someone could do at home just to, oh, that sure. you love that could just be more in touch with the earth or something that you just really, you know, that yeah. helps you. Absolutely. I'll share that. And in fact, if, if anyone wants to look, there's a website, it's called spirit keeper series. I do teach a series once a year I, I, oh, I only wow. for a small, I only take small groups. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's not like a big workshop. It's like a small group that comes together um, but, uh, but yeah, spiritkeeperseries.com. But a simple ceremony you can do at home is something I call a fire ceremony. This can be done with anything, even a candle, you know, just a little fire, a little light. Um, but I like the natural fire, and I usually mm -hmm. add a candle. I have a little fire pit um, behind the house that I'll go out and make a big fire. But you you feed the chakras or the uh, the the archetypes within your body by holding your hands up to the fire and bringing light in through your hands and breathing it into your heart and and literally activating 
what I call the healer's right, you know, or you could do this with any, anything intuitively that you have for healing, for enlightenment, for, you know, for even if it's just inspiration. Right. I think I'm addicted to this. I, I'll sit and look at that fire till the coals burn down and they're just right. glowing and breathing. But there's something very um, earthy about that where you realize the sun gives us life. And that fire is really a piece of the sun right here. It's the same burning fire. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm that light. In the end, I'm that light. And I am that uh, sparkle that only I can shine in this big, bright universe. You know, one verse, the universe. And I have my song to sing within that chorus, and we all do. But here again, I mean, you, you, you can see all the things that overlay. I, I find it interesting in Christianity that, you know, we, we worship um, Jesus and call him the light of the world. And yet in his own words, he said, you're the light of the world. Shine. Why would you hide under it? I mean, I find so many parallels between the two that, that sometimes uh, I, I just put religion aside and say it's spirituality. But I found deep spirituality and deep truth in the indigenous ways and the shamanic ways. And they have, they probably have as many brands and styles as we do religion, if you will, how many Christian brands of religion are there? And, you know, and, 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 and all, all religions. I mean, it's funny. I, I often laugh and say, well, Jesus was teaching Buddhism. If you, if you read what he was looking at and, so and yet Buddhism was maybe teaching native Americanism. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I, there's, there's, there's a deep spirituality that, that breeds love and connects us all and uh, connects us to everything and i i find it i find it beautiful and i think if you just peel back the covers a little bit on this and look at the deeper symbols rather than the rituals ritual and ritual and ceremony are important i um mm -hmm. in whatever the practice whatever the belief system the rituals are important but i found great uh, power in those and i i love to study what you can find about the the indigenous and particularly native american people I, I was reading about crazy horse recently you know yeah and, and there wasn't a lot of written language so a lot of this had to be translated or it was things most of the things we have recorded uh, I, in fact i was reading a book called wisdom of the native americans and it was the pleas of people like chief seattle and and chief joseph which his name wasn't chief joseph it, it's interesting his name truly translated was thunder rolling over the mountain, which, which the meaning of that was to tell the truth. He tells the truth. There's, you know, and, and anyway, you read those things, but I was reading about Crazy Horse, which once again, we call him Crazy Horse. His name more accurately translated was one who is like a spirited horse. That's a little different than being crazy. You know, I think of Ben, my horse trainer, I will never break the spirit of a horse because the greatest horse is that who has the most spirit. And crazy horse was not crazy. He was one right. who was like a spirited horse. Or it could have been one who has a spirited horse. But in the end, you know, he's famous for saying it's a good day to die on the big battle. And, and yet we think, oh, crazy, bloodthirsty. No. He was saying, I'm at peace with the creator. I have right. nothing amiss. I have no regrets. Right. I've lived in honor. I've been honest. I've been kind. I have been in every moment the greatest manifestation of myself. Therefore, I can go home anytime. And yeah. Okay. 
And, and oh. it's just so different than, it's so different than what I was taught in school, you know, I mean. It, right, it's, right. It's, anyway. As if you carry that with you and really think about, you know, how you're living this life. So, so we're going to wrap it up, but what I just love to, um, hear from you, just some last words of wisdom and also how you yourself, you know, you still are working and living and being sure, a parent sure. and, you know, the ups and the downs. And <laughs> so how do you bring this, everything you've learned from the NDE and from the indigenous cultures? I know it all resides in your heart, but what do you do to, to just keep it there and to live that every day? You know, I, I do fire ceremonies. I do rituals. I do affirmations. But I'll tell you the most practical thing I do is just take 10 minutes, 10 minutes in a day. And, and like I say, I like to go lay on the ground outside. Yeah. I, I love to go watch the sunrise or the sunset and spend 10 minutes and be still. You know, it's a sacred time. They, they say that's when Father Sky kisses Mother Earth on the forehead. Uh, oh. and, if, and if it's in the if it's in the evening it's it's the promise of a new day i'll be back and if it's in the morning it's the promise of wow a brand new day what will i do with this day the creator gave me what will i do in this moment with my choice in this beautiful day the sun is such a beautiful symbol of of father of father sky wow. so i love to sit for 10 minutes in silence and watch a sunrise or sunset and ask those very questions. What will I do today? What can I be? How can I show up in the next 12 hours? Because I have no idea what's going to happen. I might not even be alive an hour from now, but what yes. will I do in this moment to make a difference? I often ask, who can I serve? Yes. In inevitably, inevitably, somebody's face will come up. It might be mom. Oh, you know, I'm going to call mom today. <laughs> and then in the evening, gratitude. Just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, all my relations, for the connection, for the life, for the experience, all of it, you know, challenging or joyful. Um, gratitude is the highest vibration to bring peace and joy. And that's, mm -hmm. that's I mean, you know, 10 minutes. And if you do it morning right. and night, that's 20 minutes. But 20 minutes out of 24 hours is not a bad way to stay connected, to be connected Absolutely. to that source to be connected to that divine light, no matter what you call it, and realize that you are a beautiful, powerful manifestation of that light and that love. Mm. And to be that in this world is the greatest joy I know. It's the greatest wow. blessing I know. Well, Jeff, you are such an inspiration. And I have got to meet Tanya one of these days. Oh, she just she's, sounds she's like an angel. <laughs> she's incredible. She's yeah. fun. She's, Tanya grew up Catholic in Minnesota, and then moved. To, <laughs> oh no! Then she moved to uh, then she moved to uh, to Oklahoma, where it was all Southern. <laughs> and then she came to Utah, where it's predominantly uh, Mormon. Yeah, Mormon. Yeah. And uh, she 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 says, Jeff, I've been going to hell my whole life. You know my. <laughs> My whole life, I've been going to hell. I'm, I'm kind of done with that. I want to be joyful and peaceful. And, and she, you know, she's, she probably speaks the most truth of anybody. She says, I know my connection to source. I know who I am. I know how I'm loved. And right. I, I, again, I want to mirror and reflect that love to others. And that's what it's all about. Mm, nice. Well, thank you so much. And I know you told the listeners how to reach you on your last interview, but just in case they don't, make it back to listen to that. How can people find you? 
Oh, yes. You can find me on social media. And it's my full name, Jeffrey, which is J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-C Olson, O-L-S-E-N. On Facebook, I do have a fan page, which is just Jeffrey Olson, author, speaker. Um, you can also go to the website envoypublishing.com. Envoy is E-N-V-O-Y, publishing.com. Envoy is French for messenger. But mm. also in, in this series, go, go to um, Spirit Keeper Series. Yes. Spiritkeeperseries.com. And I, uh, we teach that course together with, I, I teach it with two, uh, two women here in Utah who, um, the one has Native American roots. Uh, the other one is a Kundalini uh, yoga master. Really? Yeah, That's yeah. so funny. That's another workshop I'm doing, a Kundalini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and, 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 you know, once again, there are threads of truth that run through all things. And, and I think finding those and recognizing them is that's that's what keeps us in the awe and the wonder right. of life yes you know once again that that great master jesus said become as a little child i think staying in awe and wonder and being fascinated at a grasshopper is what is what makes life worth living amazing well thank you so so much it it was truly my honor to spend this time with you and um you have a great evening well, the honor is all mine, Marvin. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I, I look forward to connecting soon. Me too. Bye-bye. We'll see you. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com and on Facebook or Instagram at interviewswithinnocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.